Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for another edition of the Free Exchange of Ideas with Donovan and John. We are here to help you out. Now, let's just get to it. All right. Hey, thank you so much for coming back for another edition of the Free Exchange of Ideas with Donovan and John. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the Fourth Amendment and how it applies uh, some court cases that make uh, case law so that you understand your rights. The reason we do this is because if you understand your rights, you can argue your case easier. You'll understand what police can and cannot do on the street to you. Um, there's always the, the axiom that uh, you might beat the case, but you can't beat the ride when, you know, if you piss off a cop, they're going to throw you in chains and toss you in the back. But um, if you don't know your rights, you can get screwed really, really quickly, very, very easily. And so that's why we do this. So you understand your rights and you can have your own protections. So with that being said, I'm going to let Donovan start this off with the Fourth Amendment. And then I think you said you're going to do cats. Carpenter. Carpenter. I'm sorry. Yeah. So shoot. All right. So uh, see here, I'm going to make this a little bit. What is going on here? I'm sorry, guys. John just dropped me on this yesterday, so I feel like, you know, the, the student has been out of class, walks in as a pop quiz. <laughs> That's <laughs> my <sure>. job. <laughs> so, <clears throat> also glad to be back. Happy New Year, everyone. We've been gone for a few weeks. This is the first time me and John have actually seen each other uh, to do the show now. Uh, first Happy to have you back, too, man. Yep. So, yeah, I had a little bit of, still been a little bit of roughed up this beginning of the year, but uh, things are going good, so hopefully things will be changing, and next time you guys see me, I'm gonna have no hair. So all this will be gone. <laughs> You're not gonna go bald though, are you? No, let me get a cut pretty short. So okay. uh, compared to what it is. But okay, you grow a beard. Fourth though. Amendment. You know, yeah, hopefully this could go out. But but um, we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, uh, the United States today from the US Constitution, which I will read right now. The Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. That is the fourth amendment. Uh, I do want to add on. I think what I like most about these amendments, especially the first 10, is that as written, they seem extremely simple, but they're so far reaching uh, and, and widen their net that they really do uh, provide so many more protections than we realize. Yeah, I was chatting, I have a good friend of mine who lives in Southeast Asia and she was, she was telling me how impressed she is about how our law is and our constitution and the freedoms and rights that we have here um, that I think we take for granted, um, you know, and also our, I will argue, ethnocentric in our point of view, a lot of things. Um, and how things are different in the rest of the world. And I was talking about, uh, I like to do political campaigning and I would love to do political campaigning in another country. Um, but as one of my XR friends said, do not campaign in another country because you will not protect it <laughs> like you are here. And I was like, very true. I was like, people could get arrested, people disappear <laughs> doing, doing the job I do here in the United States. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's very interesting that, uh, to, to think about uh, the freedoms that we do have here and how I would argue we don't fully use uh, as individuals in this country. 
Absolutely uh, true. Uh, I uh, I feel that one quite not just professionally but personally as well. So, um, but uh, yeah. So I'm gonna continue here though. Fourth Amendment. Uh, it is a little uh, addition uh, explaining the Fourth Amendment more. The fourth the Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. It protects against arbitrary arrest and is the basis of the law regarding search warrants, stop and frisk, safety inspections, wiretaps, and other forms of surveillance, as well as being central to many other criminal law topics and to privacy law. So the first case I looked up on uh, the Fourth Amendment was Carpenter versus the United States which I now can't find. Hold on one second. <laughs> Carpenter, here we go. It's a very You're going to make me edit so hard. <laughs> so uh, in Carpenter versus the United States, uh, uh, 2018 is the same? The Supreme Court ruled that the Fourth Amendment protects data generated by mobile phones known as historical cell site location information. Uh, previously, police departments could make informal requests of telecom companies to produce this data. Uh, so um, the Carpenter case you see here held in a 5-4 decision authored by Chief Justice Roberts that the government uh, violates the Fourth Amendment uh, by accessing historical CSLI records containing the physical locations of cell phones without a search warrant. Um, because uh, as uh, I was also reading, the Fourth Amendment protects people, not places, uh, is, is, was what one of the justices said. Uh, I think two of the justices might have said that uh, from my research. But um, yeah, so you're, you're, you're expected to have some privacy um, and that that is you know, to be expected if with your cell phone as well, where you're at, what you're doing. So, Oh, okay. uh, so yeah, so the Carpenter one's much more, much more recent. Um, it was 2018. So uh, I, I thought that was kind of fascinating. That's the one that kind of popped up first when I started doing research on the Fourth Amendment on cases. So uh, I don't know. What do you think about that, John? Uh, I, it, as, it, if I understand this correctly, Carpenter won that um, particular point. So yeah, if it, then I, I actually believe that um, we are, we do kind of expect a certain amount of privacy on our phones. Um, although I, I think a lot of us don't recognize how much of our privacy we give away through our phones, through Facebook and Twitter and all that. Uh, Amazon, uh, if you've ever looked at a pair of headphones through Facebook and then seen the ads from Amazon and that company just pop up in your feeds, then you understand that we're giving it all away. However, to, to say that we're giving it to that company as opposed to just putting it out in the ether where it could be plucked by police, uh, law enforcement in general, FBI, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that's a solid um, decision, but that is because I'm conservative. I don't know why you think it's a solid decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I think as we were just saying a moment ago um, about uh, being citizens of the United States and having the Bill of Rights, and um, uh, we expect, uh, if not demand, you know, some privacy as individuals and citizens of this country. 
um, that lots of people don't have in this world, right? So, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, it, I think it's, uh, I guess, a, you know, an expected given to anyone who's a US citizen, right? Uh, you know, whether you're born here or not, uh, become naturalized citizen, uh, those are, you know, those are given if you're a citizen of the United States, right? So right. the Bill of Rights. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's a good decision. You know, I don't want people necessarily tracking me where I am in my location and stuff like that. Not right. that I, I'm pretty boring. So <laughs> it's a, it's hard to go places during the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're all pretty boring over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's been yeah. So it's. Uh, but yeah, so it's been interesting to see, you know, the digital age and how how the carpenter decision is going to affect that uh, going further. But uh, yeah, so I think of it as a good thing to see here. Uh, carpenter of the United States rule that the Fourth Amendment protects data generated by mobile phones. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And that's, you know, in our mobile phones, you know, they, they could track you. You know, people go missing, they ping that phone, where is it at and stuff like that, which, I think it's a good thing for missing people. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want them doing that to me while I'm, you know. Yeah, but even out. even even so, I think uh, law enforcement has to get a um, warrant to do that tracking. They can't just ask the phone. They can't just ask the phone company yeah. to do that yeah. or to download that information. I think, I think that's LA, true. Yeah, they, just, yeah, they, have to, they, they can't. You know, yeah, this person's missing. Can we please, you know, get this information to find out where the phone's at? Yeah, which is right. helpful too, right? So, I mean. It, I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the, the future of things and then people are all, you know, talking about on the going on a tangent here, you know, being chipped with your with the vaccines and whatnot. And, you know, that could be the future of everything, you know, being chipped, you know, we could track our vitals and stuff like that. I, 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 well, I, need, a, I need emergency help and stuff like that. And you can it, all those things can be automatic, which is a good thing. But also there are some bad aspects of that, too. Right. So. Right. And I think well, that's where. See, and and. To kind of go along in that vein, along with uh, unlawful search and seizures, Bill Gates is already talking about um, uh, what do you call those little chips? The the little like they look like grains of rice. Um, I have REM in my head, and that's wrong. But anyway, they uh, they can allow you to unlock your house with just your palm uh, from a distance, kind of thing. Uh, they can hold a lot of information, so they can hold your entire medical information, like. Uh, my dog's chip, what they call a chip for my dog, that has our our home and phone number and our names uh, for as the owner of the dog, uh, which is is great for us if we lose the dog, but not so great if it has all my banking information in it. Yeah. Right. So there's I think there's a a line that we want to protect, especially as American citizens, about putting out too much information that's easily gathered. I think we got into uh, Facebook and Twitter and Amazon and all that stuff before real, because it's all in the EULAs, which is uh, end user license agreement. All of that information is in there, has been in there since the beginning. And we just didn't read them because you can't use the service if you don't agree to the EULA. So I, I like Amazon, but I don't like the EULA they have. So. Uh, what do I do? Well, I guess I, I want to work with Amazon. So <laughs> uh, yeah, again, going off on a tangent, but uh, let's, let's drag this yeah, back. These, this decision, the fourth amendment's definitely going to 
be the future of digital age and information and privacy for people. So, um, you know, yeah, you know like, if you have if you have a chip and you're 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 tra- you're keeping in track of your health and stuff, do your insurance companies have access to that? And they're probably going to say, yes, we want access to that. You know, so we know, are you, are you doing illegal drugs? You know, are you, were you drunk when you were driving or, you know, you know, so then they, then they can say, you don't get that. You no. Know, so, you know, where's that privacy at, you know, and things such as that. So uh, questions being John probably won't get the answer, but we'll uh, probably get to see in the next 20, 30, 40 years. So for sure. Uh, but yes, going back, I'm hoping to be here for nearly 20, but I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping to be here at least almost 40 years. <laughs> That's impre- I would be impressed. Yeah, so I want to uh, make it the 90. I want to make it the 90 so bad. There you go. All right, so uh, years. Uh, let's let me just give you an example of, of what is considered an unreasonable search and seizure. Unreasonable search and seizure is unconstitutional as it violates the Fourth Amendment. Further, evidence obtained from an awful, unlawful search may not be introduced in court. This is important. Because um, police will pull you over for a taillight if you live in Detroit and you're a black youth driving a charger, yank you out of the car and say, we're going to search your car. And you can say, no, man, I do not agree to any illegal searches or seizures because you pulled me over for a taillight, not for smoking a blunt down the road or whatever. Uh, And they'll just throw you in the back of their car and then uh, search your car and maybe find something. I use finger quotes because I don't know for certain, but I have seen examples of them finding things that uh, weren't there when you were in the car. Um, and, uh, and then you get to go to jail for at least a couple of days, depending on, I mean, if you roll in there on a Friday night, you're, gonna, you're not gonna go anyplace until Monday morning and that's straight to court where you can make your case. But the problem is now you spent the weekend in jail and if you work on the weekend, you probably lost your job because that's not the person you called with your one phone call. So um, these are things that you need to understand before you get pulled over, before they just stop you for walking on the street. I just I just saw a video of a guy walking on the street with a Pepsi can. Cop rolled up and said, hey, what, what's in that can? He says, looks like Pepsi. And they harassed him for about seven, eight minutes. Um, so anyway... Uh, this evidence is referred to as fruit of the poisonous tree. In Matt v. Ohio, uh, 1961, 1961, the Supreme Court held that exclusionary rule applies to evidence gained from an unreasonable search and seizure. This is important because you did not give um, consent. The, the reason for the stop does not include you being uh, with drugs or anything or you came out of a drug neighborhood. Oh, so what? I'm driving through from my work to my home. That kind of thing. You have to be able to make them articulate a reasonable cause to, pull, one, pull you out of the car, and two, search your vehicle. Make them bring a dog. Tell them no every time. Make sure that that's on a body cam. If, it, if they don't have a cam, you got a cam. All right? Use it. Protect yourself because you are your first responder. Nobody's going to come for your to your aid in that situation. Yeah. Uh, and I know I got off on a little tangent there, but these things are important. Uh, Matt v. Ohio is a is a, a exorbitantly, extremely important case. And now, my for whatever reason, my computer won't pull it. Up. Oh, there it is. Okay. So um, yeah, this is 1961. 
um, let's see, all case, all evidence obtained by searches and seizures in violation of the federal constitution, inadmissible in a criminal trial in a state, uh, in a state court. Wolf v. Colorado overruled insofar as it holds to the contrary. Um, <coughs> doesn't give me a year on that, but that is 338 U.S. 25. That's where you can find that. Case. Matt, Matt versus Ohio is 1961. Matt versus Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is in Wolf, Wolf v. It's it's uh, referencing Wolf v. Colorado as well. So uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, so that's all I get out of that one. But <clears throat> unreasonable searches and seizures. You really need to understand that law to one protect yourself on the street and in court because in court the cop is not allowed to lie. Wasn't doesn't mean he won't. And if you don't know when he's lying, you need to, you're going to get burned. And nobody wants to get burned and go to prison for five, six, eight, 10 years on a, on a bad dope charge. It's stupid. And, and it happens all the time. So you need to be able to protect yourself. This is why we do this. Donovan, you got, you got one up coming up, right? Um, yeah, I was going to talk about, uh, you were just mentioning map. I was looking at cats. Oh, cats. That's right. 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 Yeah. So here, zip it over here. So, cats versus the United States, um, 1967. It was a landmark decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court refined, redefined what constitutes a search or seizure with regard to protections of the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The decision expanded the Fourth Amendment's protections from the right of search and seizures of an individual's persons, houses, papers, and effects, as specified in the U.S. Constitution to include as a constitutionally protected area what seeks to preserve as private, even in an area accessible to the public. Um, so that's, uh, <clears throat> that's what that kind of did pretty quickly there. Let me see here, let me zip back over here. Um, Katz was charged with conducting illegal gambling operations across state lines in violation of federal law. He delivered the majority opinion in Katz versus the US that overturned uh, the Court of Appeals affirmation of the conviction. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Sure. I'm sorry. I can add ah. I might leave uh, that in. <clears throat> What's significant about Cats versus the US is the FBI using a device attached to the outside of a telephone booth recorded petitioner's phone conversations while in the enclosed booth. Petitioner was subsequently convicted of making wagering calls in violation of federal law. On appeal, oops, why does it keep doing this to me? On appeals, the Court of Appeals affirmed the conviction. The Court of Appeals held that the petitioner's Fourth Amendment rights were not violated because there was no physical intrusion into the phone booth. The Supreme Court disagreed, holding that the petitioner's Fourth Amendment rights were violated because he had a reasonable expectation of privacy in that phone booth. So, um, yeah, so that's what the, uh, what was the one thing? You said 67? That was, I think, yeah, 67, 1967. That, I mean, there's a lot more onto it, which we'll have all these web pages on there, but, uh, sure. you know, we can talk about concurrent and just assenting and the significance. Uh, well, let me hear, largely based, significance, largely based on the test provided in Justice Harlan's concurrence. Cats versus the U.S. is well known for establishing Fourth Amendment protections for statements made when a person has a reasonable expectation of privacy, regardless of locale. Thus, the Fourth Amendment is implicated when the government intrudes 
on a person's reasonable expectation of privacy, kind of what we were touching on earlier as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, your body, you know, we don't want people intruding on our body as well or things like that when we're talking about chips and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, an expectation uh, of U.S. citizens, the CAT standard. There we go. That's K-A-T-T, right? K-A-T-Z. Z, okay. Yeah. Uh, the CAT standard uh, originated from CATS versus the Fourth Amendment. Uh, the Fourth Amendment protects people from warrant, warrantless searches of places or seizures of persons or objects in which they have an, 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 in which they have a subjective expectation of privacy that is deemed reasonable in public norms. So that's the CAT standard. Right. Um, and uh, I'm thinking I'm getting this confused with a different one. We were talking about the exclusionary. Oh, yeah. Too hard, but I think that was, that was that map? Yeah, it was map. Okay. So, so that's I'm thinking that was in my head too. So all these different court things in my head, I'm getting them all confused a little bit. So right. I apologize for that. <laughs> so uh, if something like this happens to you and then the case is dropped or whatever, um, the remedies that you have are really very limited because of qualified immunity. And a, a defendant who has been subject to unreasonable search and seizure typically will have no remedy against the police officer who performed the search. This is due to qualified immunity, which is a doctrine that uh, protects government employees when they perform certain actions pertinent to their occupations. A police officer who qualifies for qualified immunity is protected from being personally sued by the defendant. Uh, because of qualified immunity, the exclusionary rule is often a defendant's only remedy when police officers conduct an unreasonable search or violate the defendant's Miranda rights. Qualified immunity uh, usually will extend to officers who violate a defendant's constitutional or statutory rights. This is important because qualified immunity is made out of whole cloth in the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says police and other government entities uh, government or people who work for government entities have qualified immunity in that a reasonable officer would have seen this as well and therefore uh, they have qualified immunity if it if it wasn't what they expected it to be uh, I find that to be abhorrent to the uh, Bill of Rights and the Constitution but the Supreme Court has seen differently <coughs> so under qualified immunity, officer may not be sued, may be sued only when no reasonable officer would believe that the officer's conduct was legal. This exemption comes from both Graham v. Connor, which was 1989, uh, stating an objective standard for reasonableness, which must be judged from the perspective of a reasonable officer on the scene. So, you know, the big blue line, the big blue shield, they're all going to say, no, 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 we all would have thought the same thing. Um, and they have, uh, let's see, and Justice Ginsburg's concurrence in Saussure's Cats, stating that an officer whose conduct is objectively unreasonable under Graham should find no shelter under a sequential qualified immunity test. So there's just a ton of case law on this. Some of it is good, some of it is bad. I mean, if we're honest, we're all human. And I think that's one of the things that we have to look at when you look at the law. But when you look at this, the Bill of Rights, you look at the Constitution, 
these guys weren't gods they but they were humans under extreme pressure and, and from an outside source that wasn't even on the same plot of land so <clears throat> for for them to write this and be like i said none of these none of these amendments are more than half a paragraph usually and they're so wide encompassing as to protect we the people that was the entire point of the first 10 amendments yeah. protection I have, a bit, I have a little bit of history here on the on the fourth amendment too how it came to be oh absolutely please um yeah so um i was looking it up here i was trying to find out something else um but i found this here on john's favorite wikipedia <laughs> but the um the Fourth Amendment was adopted in response to the abuse, and I actually already knew this already, to the abuse of the writ of assistance, a type of general search warrant issued by the British government and a major source of tension in pre-revolutionary America. The Fourth Amendment was introduced in Congress in 1789 by James Madison, along with the other amendments in the Bill of Rights, in response to anti-federalist objections to the new constitution. Congress submitted the amendment to, to the states on September 28, 1789, by December 15th, 1791, the necessary three-fourths of the states had ratified it. On March 1st, 1792, Secretary of State Thomas Jefferson announced that it was officially part of the Constitution. So uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting to, to get that little historical and of how that's why we got the Fourth Amendment in our, in our Bill of Rights and in our Constitution was because of the, of the British uh, abusing uh, such uh, warrants um, for people. And you know, probable cause notwithstanding, um, and how they basically abuse that power uh, to uh, uh, colonial Americans. So, you know, especially to political dissidents and and uh, and um, uh, uh, reporters. Uh, um, oh my gosh, I, I feel like an idiot now. Newspaper reporters. Thank you, John. There you go, buddy. So. Um, yeah, they they abused that so badly that the framers felt that they needed to write an amendment to protect us from that. Um, like I said, they were under tremendous pressure outside from outside forces that they couldn't control and uh, really felt that they need to. I mean, these are all men who have taken basically the reins of life for themselves uh, and still couldn't get ahead, really, because if they disagreed with the local constabulary, they could be tossed in jail for an indefinite period of time. Yeah. So, and that can happen to you still, not indefinite because there's things that are in place to keep that from happening. But- Is there? Is there? <laughs> but there, there are a few cases, uh, unfortunately I can't quote them right now, but there are a few cases that are known where somebody was just cycled in the jail and never brought to court. Uh, or not brought to court in a reasonable amount of time. Um, and honestly, a reasonable amount of time, according to uh, the Constitution and um, current laws in almost every state, uh, is 24 hours, unless it's a holiday or a weekend. Uh, courts take weekends off. They're not going to roll up. I think there are some courts that do basic traffic stuff over the weekend, but I don't think they do uh, uh, jail stuff over the weekend so yeah if you go in on friday night you're not seeing anybody till monday morning if you're lucky uh and then you better be talking to an attorney before that anyway i don't have anything else about this there are a bunch of other um links that i will put in the description box just so that you have some good reading to 
for your own self-edification so that you understand your rights and you understand the what the cops can and cannot do, what the court can and cannot do. You need to understand these things so that when your attorney says, just plead guilty and we'll get you a deal, you can say, no, I'm not, I'm not guilty. I'm not doing it. And I don't have to. And this is why. But you need to know that. It's, uh, it's like talking to a doctor. You need to know, you need to be able to communicate what you're feeling, what, what is going wrong with you to your doctor succinctly so that he knows or she knows what it is that they need to do to help you out. Same with an attorney. You need to know these rules. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, even when John brought it up to me yesterday about doing this, I mean, I'm like, I know the Fourth Amendment. I just didn't know what the Fourth Amendment was. I'd look at, oh, oh, it's that one. <laughs> to me, you're going to keep harping like, that. Uh huh. You're going to keep harping that I just brought it up to you yesterday. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny. I was like, oh, I have to look at the Fourth Amendment. Oh, okay. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, it's that one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because I just don't think about them all that. It was, that's right. We don't think about our rights, right? We don't think about them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Citizens. So, um, um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, we need to be more active on that. Um, and even, uh, well, and, and actually, if you know, the first five, you have a really, really solid base to argue most cases for most of us in court on your own, but you need to know them and you need to know them inside and out. You need to know some of the case law to go with it. And this is what we're trying to do for you. All right. Uh, Donovan, anything else? I'm good. Um, yeah, I was actually, this was an interesting one to, to, to research and there's lots of case law on it. So uh, yeah, um, this we'll is, have, this we'll, is have, we'll, we'll have some of those uh, 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 links uh, to look at later as well. So, and you can look at the fourth amendment is one, of, is one of the most litigated amendments in, yeah. in the Bill of Rights. And one of the things I was looking up right now is the exclusionary rule. And that goes all the way back to 1914. Yep. So yeah, weeks versus the United States. So that was interesting. I didn't realize that. Um, and, Fine, send uh, that one to me because I don't think I had that one. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. So it's good. It's yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's a really old one, right? But it's still pertinent to today. Right. So um, yeah. So it's uh, inadmissible. Uh, using inadmissible. Uh, let me see here. Rule holds that evidence obtained as a result of Fourth Amendment violation is generally inadmissible at a criminal trial. So yeah. So you can't just we talked about earlier. You know, you can't can't give evidence without a warrant yeah so no and and that was actually there, there are was, some exceptions there are the exceptions which they the supreme court has carved out uh on things but uh um you know if it's like in plain view you know is, is that an eight ball coke <laughs> <laughs> no it's just an eight ball <laughs> um, all right so thank you very much for coming we really do appreciate it smash that like button uh subscribe hit the bell icon so you see when we do actually upload something we're getting better about it uh like i said we took off a couple of weeks for to get Holiday. sober we're sober for the month of january yeah. and i was sick i was sick and i had to move and i yeah. need a place to live it's whew, it's been it's been a rough month man <laughs> 2022 has had a bit of a rough start however i still feel better here than i did in 2020 so uh thanks again uh, so I think that's it. I really want to thank you. Have a great night. See ya. Peace, love, and soul, people. Well, I'm Donovan. And John's here with us today. Thank you for joining us for the free exchange of ideas. And we'll see you next time on the next show. See ya.